Welcome to another episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, the official podcast of the St. George the Martha of Kales River, including St. Mark. Yes, I got it wrong last week. <laughs> um, and St. Monica's. <laughs> As we continue yes. our journey into faith or journey of exploration of faith during a time of crisis. I'm joined as always by the rector of the parish, the venerable Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing? Good morning, Lindsay, and good morning, people of God. I'm doing very well and uh, through the grace of God, uh, trying to manage uh, my life with my family, mm. as well as trying to manage as much of what we can do uh, around the life of the parish. And perhaps just to say at this juncture, Lindsay, a great thank you to all those involved in the making of meals for the less fortunate and also for those who are handing out these meals. We've heard uh, that sometimes they've had to feed 300 uh, children at a time. So I'm very grateful to the parish for the response to support uh, the venture of feeding the tables of the poor in our community. Mm. Um, that speaks of the, the generosity of, of our people's hearts. Mm. And it's very important at a time now where the economy is slowly opening, but I mean, the sectors that are opening now are not really affecting the or benefiting the, the, the poorest among us. Um, yeah, they, they're still not able yeah. to really Absolutely. generate any income right now. Yeah, so no, that's, that's great. I, I, I love to see those stories of people getting out there and trying to spread a little bit of cheer and just a warm meal to, to, to others. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Father, uh, today I saw this little thread going through all of the, the, the readings, and obviously we'll get to that um, in a minute. But I was advising a client uh, uh, in this week about what their business, or at least how we see their business being, in the future, in the in the new reality that we'll face post-COVID. I mean, obviously, there, until there's a, a vaccination, obviously, like mass gatherings are not going to be on the cards. And this obviously affects now churches and church services. And how do you see the future of church services or what sort of conversations have been happening um, by the clergy to address our immediate future, like looking maybe six months down the line to a year down the line. Yeah, uh, we, uh, um, as a member of, of the diocesan chapter, the bishop's chapter, I'm in regular contact with um, thoughts and uh, being shared on the WhatsApp group um, and also from the information received from the South African Council of Churches um, around, um, you know, how the church is having to function. And of course, the biggest thing really is uh, the gathering of the people for worship, uh, hmm. which I know many, many people are missing, um, not, not having that. Um, and so we're still sort of uh, twirling our fingers around this because um, I don't think any of us really fully understand the, the impact this has made on, on our life. Um, I think just prior to our going into lockdown, we had sat down and it worked out a series of, 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 of meth, uh, uh, sorry, a method that we would engage the congregation. So more services with less people in them, uh, shorter services, 
um, and then uh, trying to get people to understand that, of course, we uh, apply the regulations as needed. And then, of course, there's the funeral services um, where, where we've had to trim it down quite a lot in mm. terms of number and so on. I, I'm not so sure that that's, or maybe I am sure that that's what it looks like for the immediate future. Mm. That, that in terms of the levels that we're having to, of, of, of engagement that we're having to follow with the government, it's going to probably be at level two or close to level one where the churches will be able to to function again. Uh, we do know of the incident that happened in the north, Pretoria, where a Muslim community, you know, wanted to do their prayers. And of course, people believe, and I have no doubt, that the practice of prayer is an, a vital thing. Mm. The practice of prayer in communities is a vital thing. But I think there's also the, the responsibility as faith community that we do not want to be implicit in causing the virus to spread any further than it's already done mm. because we know not just the medical and economic impact of this there's also the moral and pastoral impact of all of this so that so at the moment the conversation is what can we do how do we engage government when do we think is the right time for us to go back mm. Um, those are the questions we are busy talking about now. And I must admit, as far as I'm concerned, I see more services happening with lesser people at a shorter time, and that a lot of our general um, um, actions that we would have that we cherished, like the peace greeting and stuff like that, mm. must now be done in a more um, creative way than our normal um, you know, even communion, how are we meant to take that uh, if, if this, uh, uh, you know, do we, do we, what do we do? So there's a lot of thinking that has to happen yeah. around all of things, even, even um, marrying of couples, because we've had to stop the marrying of weddings, we have had to stop, mm. we've had to stop baptisms, uh, confirmations were put, were, were put out, uh, because all of these uh, liturgical actions include the physical outreach of a handshake, mm. of a hand blessing. Mm. All of that will have to be rethought um, and yet still maintain the quality of, of ministry and the quality of being church at that time. So it's going to, it's a long struggle ahead. Um, mm. My immediate understanding would be um, more services, less people, shorter time. Um, and um, uh, uh, trying to just take out all the things that where contact is is yeah. made, and, and so so for me that may be that that is what I'm seeing as the future. Okay, uh, so then if you could just take us through the collective prayer, calling everybody together as we get into the real meat and purpose of that. Okay, it's the fourth Sunday of Easter uh, in year A. And um, the, I, I entitled this the Easter celebration during COVID-19. Remember, we still in the 50 days of Easter. And our hymn that was chosen by one of our organists, Praise to the Lord. And I hope that you will go and listen to it um, and sing with it. Uh, Praise the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. And uh, in this time, these words are so imperative. Oh, my soul, praise him. For he is thy health and salvation. 
Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Come, one and all, and join us in this space. Come, one and all, and seek the voice of God. Come, one and all, Christ calls us to be here. Come, one and all, and sing your praise to God. With this, we enter into uh, a prayer of preparation, a prayer for purity. Almighty God, our lives are open before you. Come now and cleanse our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit as we seek to truly worship you and enable us to perfectly love you to the glory of your holy name. Amen. As always, the church is called to confession. So we pray, Almighty God, we confess in penitence of heart our sin and its dark consequences. Do not hide your face from us. Do not turn your servants away in anger, for you have been our help. Do not cast us off. Do not forsake us, O God of our salvation. With thankful hearts we give you praise. Amen. And the assurance of forgiveness comes in the words of the absolution. The Lord, who hears our life, cries for his mercy. As our light and our salvation, forgive us our sins and let his face shine on us through jesus christ our lord amen the collect for the fourth sunday in easter we pray together and it will be on your pew leaflets good shepherd you are the gate that secures the sheepfold grant that all who hear your voice may know you who calls each one of of us by name and follow where you lead for you live and reign in the unity of the blessed trinity one god forever and ever amen and so we then go into the liturgy of the word and the focus of the readings would be in acts chapter 2 42 47 favorite psalm psalm 23 1 Peter 2, 19-25, and one of the favorite gospel readings, John chapter 10, verse 1-10. Mm. I saw your notes that you put in here, and it was literally the thing that sprang out to me the most. Um, like, how do we engage as a spiritual community? How do people engage as a spiritual community? in these days where they are called to not go to church, to not come together. Um, obviously, like this sort of platform is 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 great. And there, there was a line that you highlighted in the first reading where it was, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And for me, the breaking of the bread, like the Eucharist aspect of, of a Sunday service, and the coming together to listen to, like the fellowship, like that has been robbed of us now for the foreseeable future. Um, yes. Are there any insights that you can give, like from the text, like what what was actually trying to be, what the message was that you could draw out of that? 
I suppose in, in one level, when um, you get a message like this, you also, this is a response to the proclamation of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel by Peter, uh, once the Spirit of God had come upon them at Pentecost. And um, one of the things that you hear them in the context of what was possible to do was because they were still seen as a, as a subversive community mm. because they followed Jesus. So the apostles' teachings would have focused on the teachings of Jesus himself. Mm. So that was itself subversive. Um, meeting together, the whole area of fellowship, um, connecting and contacting uh, one another uh, where we can actually see one another, but there's also the desire in us and the means that God has enabled us to create where we can speak to each other via technology now. Mm. And um, then, of course, the breaking of the bread. And it's amazing that the um, the understanding of God's grace goes beyond the physical. Mm. So that even in the breaking of the bread, God has given the grace um to the church to um, put together what is called spiritual communion. Mm. And so uh, it goes beyond just the, the physical taste of yeah. bread and wine, but it goes also to the imagination, uh, which is a very important part of our faith, uh, to receiving the grace of God uh, in the sacramental ways. So in the celebration of the words of Jesus, uh, the, the narrative of the Last Supper, um, we are still able to make that connection uh, mm. with one another. And, and so those four pillars of the community, apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of the bread, and the prayers are still meant to be maintained. The question, of course, is how do you do it when you're not able to go to church because you're following mm. the regulation for the common good of the nation? And so... This is, church then must be imagined in a whole different way. Mm. Um, we are still church, even when it's beyond the walls of our building. Mm. We can still be church um, in, in various ways of connection. Um, and here it calls for creativity. But it also calls, and for me, the word devotion is very important, the word of being devoted. How can we commit ourselves in this space? So for me, true commitment of art is, 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 is being exhorted here. It's being, it's being challenged and encouraged to, 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 be, um, to come to the fore. Um, we don't give up being the church. We just are church in a new way. Yeah. Um, I have adopted in my own thinking words that I heard Archbishop Njongonkulu talk about one day, being church uh, be, beyond, uh, beyond the walls of, of, of the church, because it's mm. quite safe in our, our little, our little uh, huddle there. But how do we practice, engage, learn, reflect on the apostles' teaching together mm. in this space? Fel having fellowship with one another, breaking of the bread and so on, and the prayers particularly. Mm. And so it, it, it is, our devotion is called to up its level. Yeah. You know, some of us um, 
perhaps uh, have, have in our diaries, we go to church once a month. Well, many of us have experienced being spiritually drained at this time. Mm. Uh, our spiritual resources, all of us, myself included, there is a deep sense of, of disconnect. Mm. And so by God's grace, we have to ask him to reorientate how we apply what his message in the, in the mm. scriptures have, have given us. And so um, out of all of this, for example, uh, one of the verses says they broke bread and shared food with one another. So mm. the communion happened and the sharing of the food. How's the sharing of the food? People realized that there were people out there who didn't have the means to feed mm. themselves on a daily basis. Praise God, they are sharing their food, either by giving money to an organization or yeah. by actually making and, and, and sending. So I think the church is very much alive in a new way uh, mm. because it's still holding to that four pillars, um, apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking the bread, and the prayers, but with a new level of devotion, of commitment mm. to God. Um, in, in fact, um, the, 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 the words are continuously devoted to God. Yeah. And so, so that the, that is the a way in for me the the challenge we have. Um, that and I think that this will raise the level of commitment when we are able again to be in a physical gathered state. Mm. At the moment, we are in a physical scattered state, and how in a physical scattered state? can we still be the community of faith? Mm. The community that is shaped by the teachings of the apostles, the community that shares the, the sacramental grace of our Lord in the breaking of the bread and in the pouring out of the wine mm. and in being able to pray together. Part of the challenge now is remembering faces and names when we are not meeting with one another. Uh, listening to voices when we talk. So though I don't see you, um, um, the mask covers our face these days. Mm. So maybe only eyes connect. So we're having to learn to remember one another in a different way yeah. than what we've been used to. So much for granted we've taken. The level of devotion now is challenged. Yeah. It's calling for a deeper devotion. So what I've seen a lot of now, and I've, I've been reflecting a lot, um, especially looking at, at, at the Sunday's liturgy. Uh, breaking of the bread, I mean, I obviously, my wife my wife makes a lot of baked things, and the, the frequency of baked goods has upped quite a bit <laughs> in yes, our household. Yes, my yes, cheeks are yes. getting a bit rounder, all the <laughs> sourdough is being born again. <laughs> yes, but yes. But this act of... of of community, like within the household, where the family comes together Absolutely. around meal times, like we've been having lunch together um, when we are right. able to, if we're not on a meeting or something. Um, but everyone's in this community, and then just seeing how happy the kids were to just walk down the road this morning. <laughs> mm. um, like I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of space to go walking down the road in, uh, where not a lot of people are um, a part of. But yeah, just. Just that happiness. And then I was reflecting on the whole thing of the apostles were cooped up and then they got filled with the Spirit and then they were sent out to 
proclaim the, the good word, to go forth and tell the good word or spread the good mm -hmm. word. Sorry. So it's, for uh, okay. me, that's all taking the fellowship that has been happening within the home and Absolutely. taking that same sentiment out there. And like now that everybody's isolated and everybody needs to cover up with a mask, it allows you to then inquire into people's well-being on a, on a level that hasn't really been approached in a while. Like there's no, there's no hair that's been done. So you can't comment on like, oh, your makeup looks so amazing. All the superficial <laughs> things are gone now. So now it's like yes. when you speak to your friends, it's like, how are you doing as a person, as this person that I've grown to know over right. how many years that I haven't seen in like forever? Like all I want to do is have my closest friends and my family and go out for a picnic maybe where we can share food and share laughter and just share our communal experience through this. And like for me, that that's a form of worship, you know, that's a that's a form of spirituality right there. Well, Absolutely, because I mean, um, when we think about the hospitality of the home, uh, we have neglected that over a long period of time. And uh, what has robbed us, what we've allowed it to rob us from, uh, in terms of television, for example, mm. is our prayer time, is also uh, sharing the meal at the same time, mm. uh, giving thanks for the meal at the same time. So. It's amazing it had to take a COVID virus to make us realize what we have given up. Mm. Um, and what we've given up and what we've become as a result of giving these things mm. up. Um, uh, we, uh, somebody wrote, uh, I think it was Beth Medler, who says, we deserve a president like, like Mr. Trump because... He is representing who we really are, greedy people, selfish people, um, cruel people. Mm. And so, so it's a time in which we are now called to, um, to, to restructure, reconsider, and re-evaluate what really is important for our lives. And again, yeah, um, I'm not accusing God of... Uh, causing the virus mm. what i'm saying is that what what god how god how god interacts how god uh, engages this reality is to make us realize uh, what um what we have really missed about being human mm. which is what he has made us to be and in christ the risen christ we are a new human yeah so, so really beginning to get in contact with that. And, and um, uh, I was watching a clip of a, of a, of a movie the other day and uh, the, the question that was asked uh, uh, to the person, who, who are you really? He says, oh, I'm very rich. Mm. Is that really who you are? Um, oh, I'm a boss of a company. Is that really who you are? And he couldn't even define who he was. Because what he, the world had created around him, mm. he thought he defined who he was. And uh, his ultimate longing in terms of the story was human presence yeah. and human love. Somebody to love and somebody to be loved by. So I think this is, um, you, you particularly like the very basic stuff like walking together as mm. a family, sitting together together. Uh, just 
recognizing the person and not looking at the outward shell, mm. which is what we've been used to. And right now, for example, nobody's buying classy cars mm. to boast about. Nobody's um, saying, you know, my bank balance has grown so much because we know the economy has taken an effect. Yeah. Um, so all of those things that we were becoming, but not, and, and we, we're not, we were not really that. Mm. Um, uh, I think when we think of the basic of basics of Christian community, according to Acts chapter two, from forty-two, very simple things. Even the possessions that each of them had, and the goods they sold and shared amongst, as was the need. So the the, the materialism that governed their lives before. Now was the resource of sharing yeah. and ensuring that everybody had as they needed, not as mm. they wanted. So um, this is a crucial passage, not just for religious community life, mm. but also for the whole of, of our life, all the spheres that it covers. And then at, just at the end of the gospel, um, which is, oh, I just lost it now, uh, John 10, verses 1 to 10. And then, like, verse 10 just has that cruel little... <laughs> I only say cruel now because of the way I'm going to interpret it. But it's like, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And if abundantly. you re really reflect on it, like, COVID was seen as this thief of life and the destructor of the economy and if you really sit back and think about it and see how we might emerge and the new world that we might build from this because nothing will ever be the same like right. i i it's terrible to say it because i know people who work in the service industry but i would not want to go to a restaurant surrounded by a lot of other people or to a movie theater for instance like that that is right. not on the cards for me in the near future right right <laughs> because it's Yes. You see it now as being faulty. And it's like, yes. this has now caused us to have the deep introspection and find out what is crucial to our lives and then mm. that we may rejoice in it and have it abundantly. Yeah, and of course the question is, what is life? Yeah. You know, if Jesus comes to say, I've come, that's my purpose, to give them life in all abundance. Um and uh, looking up the word abundance and to try and understand its meaning was not a very easy task. But, you know, one of the things that I thought was uh, in abundant life is that reshaping our purpose and understanding of what the gift of life is mm -hmm. all about. When we go back to Psalm 23, the psalmist says, uh, I'm led beside still waters, so I'm, and I, and I, so I can drink. My thirst is met uh, because of the shepherd, and mm. also green pastures means I'm fed. But there's mm. something that needs to happen on a deeper level. It restores my soul. Mm. So the invasion of the soil, all the things we accumulated around us and thought that is who we are. Uh, did damage to our souls, mm. and um, and I think also uh, so we must get healing from the inside. 
the value of life is from the inside. It's lived from the inside, not from the outside. And our focus has always been on the outside, less focused on the inside. Mm. Um, and so we, we, we could obviously understand ourselves, even when we spoke about things, that we were spiritually depraved. Because mm. even what came up, one of the challenges right now, when one listens to our state president, you hear his care for people. Mm. And so he's going to get into trouble with those who value their money more than people. Um, and, but he is making it clear that from the inside, it's the care for people. Then mm. second to that is what is needed in life. And the same when one looks at uh, the American president, there is no care for people. Mm. All he's concerned about is who he is, the, mm. the, the, the egotistic thing. How do you listen to a leader doesn't understand that the inside needs to be repaired and, and made whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Jesus, the good shepherd, says out, out um, in Afrikaans, emphasizes the fact that the very reason that he's come to earth is to repair this within us, this gift of life God has given us that has been so broken by our own desires and actions. Um, and and I'm, I'm very interested in the fact that uh, combining what Jesus is saying in John 10 to verse 3 in Psalm 23, not only is my soul restoring, being restored by him, but this enables me now to follow him in the right path. Mm. So you can't live this abundant life um, separated from our Lord. We live the abundant life in him because he is life. And we will hear those words coming up in John 14, Jesus saying to the disciples as he prepares to go to the cross, I am the way, the truth. And the life, and uh, and and uh, the experience of life comes in community, comes in relationships, um, and our appreciation for this life is that God is restoring life within us because we bear the gift of life within us, mm. the mystery of that life, um, and 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 so, in a way. Our eyes will open as we engage Jesus to then understand what is life and therefore what is life giving. So, for example, when your eyes go open and say, I'm eating, but what is my sister or brother in Kalkfontein eating? So, because I have, and God has helped me to move from self-centeredness to sharing, I'm able to now be part of the life-giving process mm. through ensuring that somebody gets a meal, at least a meal a day, if, if that is possible. So, yeah, I think that we can only experience this in community with Jesus, as I said there, um, and also in community with each other. 
to to be able to do that which is life giving. Mm. Um, and so maybe that will be the clarion call for our economy. What in our economy is life giving, so that everybody can have a life, mm. that everybody can share in the gift of life, everybody can contribute to the meaning of life and that it's not equal to how much you have but how willing you are to share with what you've been blessed with mm. which comes back to the Acts of Apostles reading they sold their possessions because this is one of the things that happens now you're living in your house with your family and the question is, we know that our food cupboards have to be stocked for us to be able to have a meal on a day-to-day. But then we look at our wardrobes and we look at our cabinets and we see beautiful things, mm. but how much of them have worth? I am not having to dress up now, mm. but how many people out there have nothing to wear? And my cupboard is full and I haven't, you know, looked at clearing that cupboard. So this is a time for clearing. Our, our lives are cluttered. The abundant life means our lives are clear. Mm. Because we're getting rid of the clutter of what we think is life. And if we don't, let that restoring power of Jesus come into our lives, how will we then follow in the right paths for his mm. name's sake as he leads us? Because look, we still have to arise out of the ashes of COVID-19 as the people did in the 1918 Spanish flu that lasted for a whole year. They had to those that were, were, were called to continue living in the world, had to arise from the ashes of that particular pandemic mm. and the First World War in order for them to walk in the paths of righteousness. Okay, only to find that Hitler had other ideas for the Second World War. Mm. So we never learn. You know, we saw, we saw what the Spanish flu did and killed 50 million people. Mm. And we still go and kill one another in the second world because one maniac decides he wants to construct the world because there's almost as if there's a space now for maniacs to arise and control how the world should be from, from hence on. No, no, this is God's world. And so Jesus says, I have come. Mm. I have come. And I make the defining difference for you. So I come to restore all souls with the abundant gift of God's love, life uh, through God's love for all. Now we need to stand up and say no to those who want these controls mm. and more to, the, to a life of sharing and caring about one, one another. Not a life of possession. The life of celebrating our blessedness by also sharing from that resource. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's also important then to uh, 
look at who we blame for all of this uh, <laughs> out of fear of creating another Hitler. <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely. And I think again, yeah, uh, uh, the, the letter to Peter, for example, gives us a focus. It's, uh, the, the highlighted part, I, I said, we have an example to follow in the one who suffered for us. Mm. Not, not the one who wants to lord it over us, but the one who suffered for us. Mm-hmm. The one who entered into, uh, uh, I would want to I believe that uh, the, the death of our Lord Jesus at, at Calvary included the deaths suffered for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, 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 not, we, not, we, we must not seek to follow the example of those who want to be powerful and destructive. We are meant to follow the one who actually suffered. Um, we, we, during the, um, Holy Week, we heard that passage, um, where Jesus in Philippians, uh, Paul says, became obedient even unto death, death on the cross. Um, so, so, so here is an opportunity to refocus on this. Whose example are we going to follow? Mm. The example of him who suffered so that life can be a blessing for all, or the one that will cause us to suffer and to die um, because of their bad leadership. Mm. And and you see. Uh, um, we talk about leadership, but not necessarily about the example of the leader. When we think of Mr. Mandela, for example, we think of somebody whose example we can follow. Mm. You think of Mr. Zuma, you don't have that sense. You think of Mr. Trump, you don't have this sense. You think of Mr. Putin, you don't have that sense. Um, so with Jesus, we have an example to follow. Mm. And so when he leads us, it's not just because he's the leader, but because he's an example we can follow as okay. well. That's a very good point to reflect on. If you can just take us through like other prayers, other sort of reflections that people can go through this week until we we get we join in the spiritual communion next week. Certainly. Uh, the prayers I normally focus on is the ones given in the pew leaflet. Um, and again, we um, um, preface our prayers by the words of the Tezei Chorus. O oh Lord, hear my prayer when I call, answer me, come and listen to me. And in our prayers, we celebrate Jesus as the risen Lord, whom we are asking to fill our hearts with Easter joy. And so our prayers are God of our salvation. You open your life to our lives and we rejoice in your hospitality. So we ask you to keep your church abounding in this generous heart. God of our salvation, inspire leaders to be true shepherds of your people and to exercise their power for the mutual benefit of all. God of our salvation, we ask you to open the fortresses we construct to shut others out, that we may celebrate the life that you bring. 
God of our salvation, anoint with your peace all in need of your healing touch. And then, God of our salvation, gather to your eternal sheepfold all who have died. And at this juncture, we are called upon to recognize how many people have died as a result of the COVID-19, over 200,000 people. But then we scarcely hear of the stats of people dying of other causes and even of natural causes. And so we commend their souls to God and ask comfort upon their families. Um, as we continue to pray during this time of COVID-19, we pray the prayer, author of life, healer of the nations, that you grant us courage to face our trial, wisdom to find relief, faith to live responsibly, and grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And then we would encourage all households to have a sharing of peace. Just acknowledge peace in your home and peace between you. Peace of the risen Christ be with you always. Our offertory um, hymn is a celebration of the presence of God. Um, it's a hymn that would announce us in a gathered form. God is here as we, his people, meet to offer praise and praise. One of, the, one of the beautiful hymns, and I hope that you will go in, look at the words again and listen to it being sung, um, that in spite of what we're going through, we still celebrate a God who is here. And as in the gospel, I have come, said Jesus, come where to earth. Uh, to be to to bring life in all its abundance. We move on then to the praise of the liturgy of the Eucharist, and we celebrate this as we greet one another. The Lord is here; God's Spirit is with us. And because we're doing spiritual communion, trying to uphold in a different way what the Acts lesson taught us about the four pillars of church community and life. The apostolic teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of the bread, and the prayers. And so we ask, Lord, silence all voices in my heart but yours. Perhaps it's good just to be silent at that moment as we prepare to hear the voice of, of Jesus, the voice of God. Um, Jesus did say in the gospel, my sheep know my voice. And so we hear him say, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. 
whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And so our prayer of approach as we prepare to, this, to do spiritual communion is almighty and everlasting God. We approach the sacrament of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. As sick, we come to the position of life. As unclean, to the fountain of mercy. As blind, to the light of eternal splendor. As needy, to the Lord of heaven and earth. As naked, to the King of glory. Now make a special effort to realize the presence of Jesus in your soul and make your act of spiritual communion, savoring imaginatively by faith the body and blood of Christ. And that beautiful hymn as we continue to journey towards where we do the communities. And now, O oh Father, draw us to thy feet. Most patient Savior, who canst love us still by this food, so awful and so sweet, deliver us from every touch of ill. And so... We pray the family prayer that the risen Christ who is in our midst taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Grant, O Lord Jesus Christ, that as the hem of your garment touched in faith, yield the woman who could not touch your body. So the soul of your servants in every home in our parish may be healed by like faith in you whom we cannot now sacramentally receive through your tender mercies, who lives and reigns with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. And the way we will do the spiritual communion today is just in that one sentence which our prayer book offers us. Even children can learn off by heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Amen. Those who prepared our hymns for this week gave focus to the gospel reading. So as we reflect deeply on the words, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, we hear the hymn. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. 
Lay down, O weary one, lay down your head upon my breast. It reminds us of the Last Supper and John close to the breast of our Lord. And then the response to this, I came to Jesus as I was, so weary, worn and sad. But what I found, I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. And so we give thanks to the Lord who is gracious. We thank God that in Christ we have received we have, we have spread a banquet of abundant life before us and invited us to eat and drink with him, our shepherd and the guardian of our souls. And then as the psalmist said to us this morning, he leads me beside green pastures and still waters and restores my soul and then leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And now as the first church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayer, we make our dedication. We deepen that as we pray, Father Almighty, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice in Jesus Christ our Lord. Send us out into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Here we ask God's blessings on all who are feeding the tables of the poor. So we are commissioned. In spite of not being in community, we are still commissioned. Go now listening for the voice of Christ and follow the example he left us. Devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers of God's people. And my brothers and sisters, may God lead you to places of rest and renewal. May Christ Jesus give you life in abundance. May the Holy Spirit fill your hearts with gladness and generosity. Go now to love and serve the Lord. Go in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We go in the name of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we go singing the words of the hymn in heavenly love abiding. No change my heart shall fear. And safe is such confining for nothing changes here. The storm may roar without me. My heart may low be laid, but God is around about me. And can I be dismayed? My sisters and brothers, the Lord bless you and thank you for sharing in the service. Um, and we thank Lindsay for his help in all of this. And thank you for all that you are for God. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. And I will speak to you next week.